It is Car Con Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. That car is my Mazda 3. I'm James Van Ostel. And sitting shotgun this week, the founder of Man BQ, it is Jesse Valenciana. Hello, James. This is long overdue. I know. I, I took another member of the Man BQ collective, the collective, like like the, Bor- <laughs> like the Borg, uh, John Carruthers, to a really bad barbecue restaurant. So I feel like I'm paying back Man BQ by taking you to Superdog for this week's show. Overcompensating, I think. This is... A Chicago institution. Yes. You, you can't miss it. It's on the northwest side. Every time you drive by, you see the hot dogs on the roof, the the encased meat effigies of Maury and Flory, yep. the couple that started this business. I love Superdog. I've been going here since since I was a kid. When I used to travel for business a lot, I would stop at Super, Superdog, either coming or going on my way to O'Hare. Yeah. So I actually have a, a Superdog's at a very special place in my heart. Um we, I grew up not too far from here on the northwest side in Nord Park, Oriole Park area. And uh, the f- one thing I remember when we were a kid, when I was a kid, um, my parents had their real estate agent down the street from here. So when we came out here, you know, this guy promised them these houses that they would love, and we came and ate here. And it was 1986. Okay. So I was like a little kid, and I remember looking at Moy and Florian and was like, whoa. And then the whole driving thing was amazing to me and then with the first house that we saw my parents fell in love with it we came back again ate here again and i was like this is yeah like this is where i want to live this is where i want to grow up so i've been here for coming here for a long time and i always think of that it, it's it's got that place in my heart you know it, 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 this is one of those places truly one of those chicago places that creates that kind of reaction and here i am I, i'm a parent i have kids who now both enjoy the chicago location where we are and the Wheeling location, which is kind of fantastic. There's a lot of indoor dining, yeah. way more space. You can picnic out there. Well, I guess you could picnic out here, too. But the Wheeling location is fabulous, too. Superdog, just, it, it evokes nostalgia. The food is awesome. And that leads me to a question. I, I've been thinking about this before we sat down. What makes a hot dog good? I mean, because we all kind of know what hot dogs taste like. To me, it's hard to differentiate a good hot dog from a bad hot dog. Well, you know, what are we talking about with Superdog right now? I mean, we've got these memories around it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a huge part of it. I, I think it's more than just the actual food product itself. You know, you can add all the ingredients you want. You know, you can do a Depression Dog or Chicago Hot Dog or whatever. There's so many kinds of hot dogs. We're talking Chicago, but, you know, it's it's memories. Like Gene and Jude's, is it the best hot dog in the world? No. No, no but <laughs> it reminds me again of... Going out there, my mom kind of being like, hey, you guys want a hot dog? Yeah. And going up to Gene and Jude's, you know? And same thing again with Superdog. It reminds me of growing up here, picking our house, and actually my first date ever when I first started driving was at Superdog. My first girlfriend ever, we ended up eating See, that's hot dog an, here. See, that's an amazing story. You know? So it's like... Well, in Superdog, it's everything. They've got the packaging down. They serve the dogs with the fries in the box, the crinkle fries, which I love. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Whoopski dog, which ha- comes in like an onion... Uh-huh. Fun, yeah. It is, it's the best, and just like I mean, that everything you know, the the or, the little screen here, the order screen, the uh, the verbiage they have, the copy they have in the boxes from the bottom of my pure beef heart mm-hmm. is always, you know, it's, it's so Chicago. It's it clearly is. Yeah, it, it, there's no place like this. I mean, this is it's amazing. I've interviewed you a dozen times. I ask you the same thing every time, assuming that people don't know. Man BQ is it's a social club that was founded upon um, the three pillars that matter so much to all of us is meat, beer, and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we started going into our 10th year of man, of existence. 
we released our first cookbook uh, a couple years ago, and we're actually set to release our second cookbook. Uh, and what's year. that called? And that one's called Eat Street. So it's and, and the focus is street food. Yeah. Yeah. And so explain what street food is. So you know, a lot of the guys that have been part of the book, you know, we've all traveled around the United States and around the world, and it's, you know, I, I guess you could even consider. Superdog street food, really. I mean, it's it's something that's native to where you are. Um, I was in Thailand a few years ago, and I fell in love with the street food there. And it was these different food carts, you know. And you go to Austin, there's the breakfast tacos, stuff like that. That's all part of the street food culture. I love a good breakfast taco. Oh, I love. You know, I I was in in uh, where was I? Kentucky, uh, Louisville, yeah, Kentucky, for work. And I made these amazing breakfast tacos. We we rented we rented an Airbnb, and there was about seven or eight of us, all from the craft beer industry, living together in this house. And everybody's cranky. And we woke up, and I made these chorizo breakfast tacos. Oh yeah! And everybody was finally my friend. <laughs> so all right, so we're here supporting the meat part of meat, beer, rock and roll. Your whole life is the beer part. Yeah, <laughs> my professional life is. I travel the the world now. Um, for a beer company in Chicago. So is it one of those things, like you hear people who you know, work at 31 Flavors, they can't eat ice cream again for as long as they live because they're surrounded <laughs> by ice cream all day long. Is it the same with working in the beer industry? Yes and no. I, I love, there, there's so many parallels between food and beer. I mean, you, you drink a beer, it's not, you know, like, it's not your dad's beer anymore. It's not just like a Budweiser, a very mm-hmm. flat and not mo- very appealing beer you know it's like there's so many different beers out there now they're you know actually Superdog's got three different beers they partnered up with Lake Effect Brewing who Mambicue partnered up with to make a beer uh, and it, they make these complex beers so there's so many different flavor profiles and it's when I get off the road you know I come home and the last thing I want to do is drink a beer I, I, want, I want just water or juice and but the minute I go out and have dinner I'm like you know it would really taste good with this hot dog and you pick a beer that's how it is for me. So, like, you you can never fully just walk away and, like, turn on. There's not, like, a switch where it's like, okay, no more beer. Yeah, I'm out. I'm yeah, good. Yeah. Been doing that all day. I'm yeah. out. It's, and, and, again, I mean, I don't drink as much when I'm when I'm off the road. I'm, when I'm on the road, I'm at these events, and they're very beer-centric. And, you know, I'm doing these beer dinners where I, I talk about the food that we um, have for people at night and why we paired it with this beer. And it's really cool because it's very educational. So you're, you're drinking beer. But... Yeah, when you get off the road, it's like, all right, I have to take it easy a little bit and lose those 30 pounds that I gained. Uh, but it's, yeah, You know, it's interesting. As I get older, a lot harder to get rid of those. It's, believe me, it's last year, um, this past year on the road, I gained 33 pounds. On the, on the road. Wait, how long were you on the road? From April through November. Okay, seven months. Yeah, so, but before you, that. You did your time. I had lost 44 pounds. So now my goal is to lose those 33 that I gained just to kind of regulate and show I, my even not working in the in the beer industry when i used to travel for business i mean it was so hard to be oh, yeah. even close to responsible i mean you're eating on the go maybe client dinners so if, much that's the thing it's for us you know we're doing we're constantly doing these big food and beer dinners that's such a big part of, <laughs> of craft beers you know craft food so every city I go in, it's, and it's not like you're going just to a McDonald's. Like you're going and you're having a three, four-course meal, yeah. sometimes five-course meal. And you can't say no, and you can't go vegetarian route because you created this menu. So, you know, it's like, all right, five courses, all very rich foods, and we're pairing them with all these P 
disappears. Well, I, the second I would hit the airport and I'd have time to kill, I'm like, oh, Rick Bayless has a place at O'Hare. At yeah. O'Hare. All right, guess I'm going for a tour time <laughs> before I even get on the plane. And you know, and you know how it is with traveling. Sometimes you're not even hungry, but it's like, oh, I'm in California. Got to stop by In and Out. Exactly. You can't not. I, I have done that. <laughs> I'm 15 minutes away from the Sacramento airport. I'm sure there's an in and out here somewhere. Yeah, and you GPS look it up there. on your phone, and uh-huh. they're everywhere. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it is tough. And right now, uh, my coworker and I are actually trying to work with HR on, like, having them help us with, you know, gym costs and stuff because we, we travel so much. And you know, Can, can they help have... with your swearing? Can, can you work with them on your swearing? I don't know if that if – no, no. <laughs> that can never be fixed or helped. You know, I – I've known you for a while. You don't strike me as a terribly profane person. When the mics are off, it, it just comes out. I don't know why. I, I know how to be professional. I think that's what it is. Had a boy. Yeah. But once the, the mics are off, it's F this, F that. And I'm like, why am I saying that? I don't even have to say that. So, all right, back to the cookbook. You're two cookbooks in. How hard is it to put something like that, that together? I mean, just the, the act of writing is hard. It's demanding. It's, it's a lot of doubting yourself editing yourself going back to the proverbial drawing board a cookbook you have the extra layer of complexity which is you have to build stuff and write about it yeah you know we're very fortunate and i can never stress this enough to have a writer like john carruthers i mean he's he's a funny dude he's hilarious he's so smart and it's you know it's funny when he edits me and i he knows exactly what I'm thinking. He knows how to really put it in a, into words. And he's almost like a, a tattoo artist for me. I, I have a bunch of tattoos, and there's an artist that I have that I always go to, and I would go in there with an idea in my mind. I don't just get, you know, something off the wall. I, I really think about what I want. And then I go in there, and I say, this is what I want. And then he comes back, and he shows me what he came up with. And it's like, this is perfect. So that's how Carruthers is. So you go there, and you've got a funny quip, and... You show it to him, and he just kind of adds that other level where it's just like, all right, I had to hit a triple, and you made this a grand slam, <laughs> so <laughs> this is awesome. And that's he loves writing. It's so natural to him. So, you know, I, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to have someone like that because mm-hmm. it just makes everybody else that much better. I, I have no ink, by the way. I was thinking about maybe getting a 40s pinup bombshell kind of thing, maybe an anchor. You, sh- uh, you know, maybe something on the neck. How about that? <laughs> Yeah. If you're gonna go, <laughs> go go big. I, well, I, I was thinking about the the full Phoenix back t- tattoo with the the wingspan spreading out to my shoulder blades. The problem is, gotta shave a lot of hair to get there. <laughs> well, they shave it for you, so it's. <laughs> I just got a, a my back. I've had a big tattoo, but I'm, I'm like completely hairless. I I always wanted chest hair growing up because I thought it was like all the cool kids have chest hair and yeah never got it in my beard I finally got it and that took forever I was like oh man can I at least get a goatee or something like a terrible new metal goatee and then it just started growing and now I'm like all right cool I've got three chest hairs maybe by the time I'm 40 or 50 I have 10. This is an important podcast episode we're learning that you're by and, la- <laughs> by and large smooth. <laughs> Very smooth. <laughs> my friend Ken that I work with was giving me a hard time he's like you always bring this up I'm like no, I've, I've got no complex. It's fine. It's cool. I don't need chest hair. And he's like, you always bring up the fact that you don't have chest hair, and you want it. I'm like, well, all right, may, maybe just for a day, I guess. It can be a burden. Like a Freaky Friday At thing. the local pool, it can be a burden. I can see that. Yeah, a little self-conscious. See, why don't you get a tattoo so they shave it, and then you're like, you know, now I just have to maintain. God, it's shit. Well, here's the thing. I remember 
years ago, I had a, a mole removed from my chest and they had to look at it and you know, biopsy it. It was perfectly fine, but they shaved that area. It was the most uncomfortable thing for about two <laughs> weeks until the hair grew back. Yeah. Every time I turned, it would just it would be like a raw, exposed nerve. Ouch. So, no, <laughs> I am living with it for better or for worse. All right, so we are at Superdog. We should order some food. I'm starving. I can't look yeah. at this menu and not want to start ordering. I keep on looking over your shoulder, and it's not that I don't want to make eye contact, but that burger is just, it's... Their burger is pretty great. Yeah. I mean, Everything here, the menu throughout is damn good. Uh, it's funny. My son just turned 14 two weeks ago, and he didn't want a big party. He came here. We, we took him here for his birthday. Smart kid. Didn't want to do it. You know, do you want to go take your friends to see a movie? No. Do you want to go bowling or miniature golf? No, I just kind of want to go to Superdog and then maybe go for ice cream afterward. Awesome. Awesome. And they actually have great ice cream here, too. No. Well, they do the squares. Yeah. Which are fantastic. All right. We'll take a break. We're going to order food, and we'll eat it for your enjoyment uh, shortly here on Carcone Carne. Did you flip the switch? Is that what you, I thought you were supposed to, isn't it? I thought you were supposed to, to push the red button. I thought it was you have to flip the switch. Is that right? No, that's for tray pickup. Oh, now I'm confused. No, I'm confused. Because I always go in. See, I thought it was the red button. (gasps) Oh, I don't know. We may be here a while. (laughs) I'm so scared. (laughs) I'm going to flip the switch. If they yell at me, I'm I'm blaming you. I'm running out of the car. How dare you? All right, here we go. I'm going to flip the switch. That's for the tray pickup. Oh, Jesse, what are you doing to me? Maybe that gets attention, though. Oh, come on. Eh. Okay. It's flipped. And we know what we want. You know what I, what I really, really want, but I can't have is their their uh, malts. Their malts are so good. Yeah. And they have that super brownie too. Oh, a la mode. It's it, seriously. I'm lactose intolerant, and it would make the rest of the podcast very intolerable. Squirming. Yeah. Yeah, it's tight enough as it is in here. Well, as we wait, um, I can post a selfie of the two of us for all of social media. Hi, Mr. Staff. May I take your order, please? Certainly. Uh, we would like a super cheesy, a whoops. Super cheesy? Sure. Did you want everything, including hot peppers on it? Yes, please. And would you like the onions grilled or raw? Jesse? Uh, grilled, please. Grilled, please. Grilled, okay. And you can have it on a bun or dark rye bread? Bun. Bun, please. Okay. Also, uh, super dog? Sure. Everything, including hot peppers on that? Heck yeah. Uh, a whoopski dog. Okay, and we serve that with grilled onions, sauce, and a pickle. Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. And uh, a Coke and a Diet Coke. You got it. Anything else for you? That'll what do it. What size for the Coke and the Diet? Large, medium, or small? Large. Medium. Large for the Diet, medium for the regular. You got it. Anything else for you? That'll do it. All right. Thank you very much. Just give it all some fucking time. The car off will be out as soon as it's ready for you. Awesome. Thank you. I love this place. Yes. Oh, my God, I, I love this place. I was just say that. I love that so much. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, I hope that all got recorded because just the the mannerism and the, the courtesy and... The Haya is what I what gets me. Oh. Wait, hang on. Did I do something wrong? Were you guys shouldn't order? Oh, we just ordered. I, oh, I shouldn't have no, flipped that switch, should I? It was also, it's, it was his his well, it's his fault. It's his fault. He told me to flip to. the switch. He told me. I was yelling at him. I said, don't do it. But I'll be right on what you ordered. We already placed the order. I'm... Sorry about the switch. It's okay. I'll it's do. his fault. His name is Jesse. <laughs> He's a douche. Wait, throw me under the man. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The enforcers came out. <laughs> All right, hey, I'm trying to post a picture of the two of us. We're we're really almost uncomfortably handsome in this picture, Jesse. <laughs> 
I, I'm making a creepy face. I'm really good at making creepy faces. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. But here's my problem. It never fails. Whenever I try to do the selfie thing, I'm always with someone, by the way. I don't do you know, solo selfies. I never know where to look, even though I think it's pretty obvious where the camera is. I'm always looking in an odd direction, like like, like I'm touched, like I'm special, like I can't. <laughs> I always look up, like I'm looking at something above the phone or like, I think that's there's got to be some kind of selfie guidelines, right? Like look look somewhere that looks. I am not good at that. All right, here we go. Now you you have you look different in this picture. I'm doing a creepy face. Ah. That, that must be what it is. All right, so I'm going to post this to the gram. Uh, talk for a second. Well, I, I can't type and talk at the same time. So, um, you know, what's your handle on Instagram? It's at Jesse Manbecue. Oh, there you go. All right, go ahead. Um, so we were talking about the the ice cream. They have the the square ice cream. What was that place? In it's another Chicago place um, that does the the square ice cream. That Rainbow has cone. It, is it? When I was a kid growing up in Skokie, there was a place called Cock Robin. That's what it was. Cock Robin. And they yeah. would do the square scoops. Yeah. yeah. On, and it was on um, Skokie Boulevard. Like I think it's become like a pet store and a million other things since. But <laughs> when I was a kid, that was a big deal. We'd go yeah. to Pac Robin and have the square ice cream. You know that I can't place was. Uh, that. They they had one of those actually in Logan Square. Really? Yeah, but the one that we used to go to was right next to Gene and Jude's. Okay. Okay. Remember that one? Uh huh. And uh, that closed down a few years ago. I mean, when I say a few, it's it's probably been like twenty years now. But I'm damn old, so. Here's the thing. As I'm typing this into Instagram, I started writing me and Jesse Manbecue at Superdog Drive-In for Cock Robin. No, it's for car. <laughs> See, I, I'm telling you, I can't do these two things simultaneously. Women are supposed to be better multitaskers than men, so you're forgiven. Well, I've had moments on the radio, like doing talk radio on WGN. Like I've been able to send emails while doing interviews. Like if someone is especially long-winded, yeah, I mean, I can do the email. But I can't email as I'm talking. Yeah, I, with me and like now on the phone, I'm so used to when I'm out doing stuff for work and talking to people because I get in these long-winded conversations with these beer nerds, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point now that I can actually like do work, respond to emails while someone's telling me how many beers they have in their collection and they're selling. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by collect? people collect unopened beers? Yeah. Is this yes. kind of like the Star Wars thing where people collect the un- unopened box toys? It's it's worse than that because there's Wait, like this, this. I truly this is, I truly don't understand this. There there's a bunch of beer collectors. I mean, there's a lot of these breweries all over the country that do these one-off beers, these just limited runs on beers, and you get these guys that um, go and they they buy these beers and they make it seem like it's the most rare thing ever and drive up the price and it's it's just like it with anything out there, any kind of collectible item. You know, and there's like this elitism, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? This, it, it's it's a really big turnoff for craft beer for me. I've met people, and they they just have this very um, entitled attitude, and it's gross. Oh, oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is hey it. Guys, how you doing? Yes. Good. Hello. Oh, I need to roll up my window a little bit. There's the large die. That's me. So I told James not to flip the switch, and he would not listen. He told me to it flip happens. the switch. I pushed it's the red a, button. It's a rookie mistake, though. <laughs> I pushed the red button. I thought that was what I was supposed to do. Next time. Next time, you know. Right, we well. got the super dog, everything, including oh, yeah. for you. Thank super you. Super cheesy, everything. 
Oh my gosh. And the whoopsie You are magnificent. Thank you so much. Will do. Thank you. Okay, this is. Oh my god, this smells like heaven. This smells amazing. All right, so this is great. Here's your straw. I love this. I've got a tray resting on my window. Other and your dog is just packed underneath a bunch of crinkle fries. Oh my gosh. So the box says, from the bottom of my pure beef heart, thanks for giving me this chance to serve you, super dog. Have some napkins. You will need them. Thank you. So I've got the whoopski dog here. Uh, there's separation. Mm-hmm. Unlike the super dog, I do have the separation. Look, this is a thing of beauty, isn't it? It's gorgeous. It really <laughs> brings a tear to my eye. I've got catsup, if you'd like it. So we've got the burger to For the split. record, I'm putting the ketchup on my fries, not my hot dog. We know. Dude, you're man BQ. <laughs> but I, I guess it bears some explaining. Why, why do we as a city all agree that ketchup is unacceptable and a crime punishable by death when it comes to hot dogs? I think maybe it's like a made-up thing. You know, it's, it's not even real tomato. It's, it's sweet. It's just... I don't know. Mustard is so acceptable. And relish, which is the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. These fries are so good. They're perfectly crispy. They're perfectly crispy and so flavorful. Yeah, I would eat here every day if it didn't cause a huge problem. If you couldn't have a heart attack, mm-hmm. what three places would you, would you eat at every day? Mm. This could very well be one of them. Yeah, I think so. I got to get back to you on that. I mean, do you have some that, you, that come immediately to mind? I would say Burt's Place, but since been closed, so... Burt's maybe. Place was weird, dude. I, I could, loved it. I loved their pizza, though. More than Pequod? You know, to be completely, completely candid, um, probably not. But it was one of those places where, like, you get the street cred. Like, yeah, I love... And to explain Burt's Place, if you're unfamiliar, the guy who created the pizza at Pequod went off on his own, like, I want to say the early 1970s, and started Burt's Place, like a block and a half away from Pequod. It was his house, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly didn't look like a restaurant as you were driving by, and you couldn't walk in off the street. You had to call in advance, and you had to tell tell him exactly what you are going to have, because he made everything to order for that night's dinner crowd. Yeah. And it, the place hadn't been decorated, not even decorated, cleaned it looked like. <laughs> Since like 1986, <laughs> but the pizza was damn good. Pizza was good. I, I do think Pequod was better. I love Pequod, but my absolute favorite pizza in Chicago is Home Run Inn. Home Run Inn's great. So good. They just opened one on the north side too, which is where's that? Super convenient. You know that Leona's that used to be on Belmont and Sheffield? Yeah, yeah. It's a Home Run Inn now. All right. I will never go there then. There's, there's. N- it's a pain in the ass to get there. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's just a douchey crowd. Uh huh. I mean, unless there's something happening at the Vic, or I happen to be at a Cubs game, which I don't see happening. I don't know what la- what the last show at the Vic was that I saw. Yeah, it's been a long time for me. I said it before, but concerts are really expensive. You have to be really yeah. selective about what you choose to see. I did get on the Slayer list for February, though. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> 
All right, I'm going in for the... You haven't even made it to the hot dog yet, have you? I'm that weirdo that has to eat his sides before he gets them. I do that, too. Um, this Whipsky dog is so intensely hot, it's almost hard to hold. Kind of like you, Jesse. <laughs> but I'm very cuddly. I'm, I'm very cuddly, so I'm, I'm oh, very easy man. to hold. This is just a mess. How good Look is it, at the, Oh, man, it looks so good. So my, my first date ever here, mm-hmm. the, I was making my date laugh because I was talking about how green the relish was. And, <clears throat> I mean, now it's probably not funny, but we were trying to figure out what the um, pickled tomato was. And I was making up stories of what it was, and that sealed the deal. She, crush was real. <laughs> we broke up a month later because I got grounded and she went to the beach without me. I thought it was a complete betrayal. <laughs> Clearly it was. <laughs> but the funny thing is she's still one of my best friends. And her, her brother and her family are we're all very, very close. She doesn't have to listen to this. So you still talk to a lot of people from high school? Um, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but you know, people that really, mm-hmm. I feel, made a difference in my life are um, still a part of my life, which is awesome. That is pretty cool. I mean, I went for years without talking to anyone from high school, not out of hatred or malice or anything, just... Life well, happens. Life happens, exactly. I will say social media, obviously, has helped Yeah, bring a lot of people back into my life, and it's been kind of cool. It's like you all kind of did time together. Yeah. In yeah. a different period of your life, but there's a shared history there, which is kind of neat. I um, was recently at my high school reunion, reconnect with some friends, and I'm actually going to go visit a friend after this. And it was funny because we can joke about 90s stuff mm-hmm. and not feel like weirdos. Where now I work with a lot of young people, and you crack a joke, and they're just kind of like, they look at you so lost. I crack a Billy Corgan joke, and they're kind of like, why, why are you even talking about that guy? All right, pumpkins, pro or con? Mm, I'm going to be that guy that says... I like their earlier stuff better. <laughs> but I do. I mean, I, I was not a big... After Siamese Dream, I kind of just fell off. Really? Even Melancholy? I did not like that album. I thought it was too slick, too... You know, I, I like pop music. And I think pop music... And I, I, I've i changed since, but I always felt before I was in a band and I was kind of like, pop music and rock and roll should be separate. I didn't respect slick production on records. I just didn't. And now, I like Taylor Swift songs. And I'm like, you know, I love my. I always loved Michael Jackson, so it was kind of hypocritical of me. But at the time, and I just, I can't get into those, that record. Right, how's the dog? So good. This Polish is perfectly cooked too, Mike. Mm. Did you know that Superdog makes their own hot dogs? I did know that. So again, it goes back to the question, what makes a good hot dog? Now, in this case, this <clears throat> Polish, it's pure beef, Romanian, Hungarian, Polish sausage. There's a lot of flavor. A little hint of spice. A lot of spices in there. Mm-hmm. It is a very rich-tasting sausage. I love it. And that's how this hot dog, it's like... You know, it's bigger than um, your average Vienna. It definitely is. Beefier. Which is good. That's great. They put a sauce on the Polish. 
it's not mustard, it's not ketchup, it's just the super dog sauce, and it kind of soaks into the bun. Yeah. It's almost like a barbecue-ish yes, sauce. Yes, very much so. Which you don't think of barbecue mm-hmm. sauce on a Polish or a Euro, whatever it is. These onions are fantastic, too. Are you done with your dog? Yeah. I'm going to put it back on the tray. I think I have more napkins in the car. I pray I have more napkins sure. in the car. How do you only use one napkin? Be careful. Meticulous. Are you, are you kidding me? I've got, like, onions on my jacket. I think knowing that I have a limited amount of napkins makes me be more cautious. Okay. When I have, like, a something sitting on a table that says... Be a slob. We're here for you. Yeah. And I just go through a bunch of napkins. All right. You want to break open the burger? Let's do it. Oh, my God. Mmm. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the cheese and the relish on there. And it's a small burger. It's not mm-hmm. a very thick burger, and it's... Mmm. Oh, man. But I like... Just a straight up burger. Look yeah. at that. That is right on the money. The grilled onions are what do it for me on this burger. Mm. I will need to go home and rub my belly. <laughs> All right, so wait, when, when is the cookbook out? April 2016. Did the first one come out around the same time of year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want to say it was right before Father's Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's smart. Is that the thinking? Is make sure it's out and about before Father's Day hits because it's the perfect opportunity. You know, Memorial Day. That's really uh, up to the the publisher. They, they kind of pick the date and we were, on our end, you know, as the writers, we're kind of like, why don't we put it out right before Christmas? But they have their mm-hmm. their cycles as to why and their reason as to why and we trust them blindly. <laughs> but I think you see a lot of the, the big celebrity chef cookbooks come out around December. Yeah. You'll see like the Food Network cookbooks come out around then. And that's a whole different, like, mentality. I mean, those guys are, when you've got a celebrity cook, cookbook author or chef, I mean, those guys are going to sell a ton. Right, and that's kind of where I was going. I mean, traditionally, in music, all the big releases come out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Starting in September. That's when publishers, record companies, etc., put out all their sure things. Yeah. So the man of the world, a soon-to-be sure thing, probably makes more strategic sense to have a whole year to develop. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the cool thing is too, like with our first book, I still see people putting pictures of of the book, like popping it up. People still finding it in places. That's the coolest feeling. Super cool, yeah. My friend Tina, she actually is a brewer up in Minnesota, and she sent me a picture of Snapchat. Do you just know brewers in every in every major market now? Pretty much. Okay. They're such great people. That's the thing. It's you know there's such a community around craft beer. It's it's I've been so fortunate to travel the country and. and you know that I love making friends with people, you know, so it's... You are gregarious, you are social. <laughs> a little bit. So it, it's it's cool going to these different cities and, I mean, off the bat, you have that connection because we all work in beer. So you know that you have at least one thing in common. Then you talk to these guys and everybody's just super cool. So is it the situation where it's just a bunch of hobbyists who found a way to make a living off their hobby? Some, you know, some guys were home brewers and they wanted to take it to the next level. And but isn't home brewing a hobby? Yeah. But you've got other guys that went straight from, like, 
homebrewing a little bit to like going to school for this. Got it. Wait, and, really? Uh huh. You can do that. There's a in Chicago. There's Siebel Institute, which is like a, a beer beer college, pretty much. Wow. Okay. Super cool. And then um, I learn something new every time I talk to you. <laughs> there's other guys that I know too. A lot of engineers that are now in brewing, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool, because they've got that their mind kind of works the same as as a brewer developing recipes and whatnot. So. Um, and that's another thing too. It's like meeting these guys and learning their path to brewing. Everybody has something different, which is cool. Knowing how impassioned you are about beer and how it is part of your <laughs> daily life, I mean, do you see yourself personally going further in the beer direction? Like Manbique will always be Manbique, but do you ever see yourself kind of planting a bigger flag in the beer world? Um, you know, John Scholl and I always talked about. Um, doing some kind of brewing you know whether it was us brewing at a different brewery because it's a a lot of money to launch your own brewery but you know him and I are such big beer nerds and we constantly talk about beer and are constantly trying different beers and it's it'd be cool to one day you know we've done collaborations with different breweries Mm -hmm. um you know I I would be lying if I said that I wouldn't ever want to do like a Mambecue beer like a line of Mambecue beers you know, See, that, it seems like a very natural brand extension. Yeah, yeah, and it's again, I, it's hopefully in the cards, and maybe someday we'll do it. But I've told you, like, I've got so much on my plate, so it's really like that takes a lot of time and, and, and attention. And I would hate to start something and not give it that love that it needs. You know, I, I don't want to do anything half-assed because then the results will show that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard when you have a lot of ideas figuring out which ones. Yeah get preferential treatment and you know before when i when mambicu was my full-time job and i was relying on the money i was making from catering um it was different but now i you know i have a boss i have a a company that i work for that i really love very much and they pay my bills so that has to come first and and foremost and everything else essentially becomes you know lined up in that hobby category you just said the magical thing mambicu is your full-time job yeah that's the entrepreneurial that's that, there's an American success story right there. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I mean, it's I, I've always said that I've, I've everything I've ever kind of set out to do, I've, I've wanted to do. You know, it things weren't by accident. When Mambecue kind of came about, it was one of those things where I saw what I had there, and at the time I was working at a very secure Fortune. I think they were like a Fortune 100 company. Um, based out of Chicago, out of Deerfield. They're a pharmacy. They're big. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't what I wanted to do, and I, I took this leap of faith, and I, at a time where jobs weren't very plentiful, I left to really pursue Mambicue. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I took a year off of drinking, just to, a year off of partying mm-hmm. to really focus on Mambicue I felt if I'm leaving this job, A, I feel stupid, so I have to prove to myself that I'm really in for the long haul. So the one time I drank was when I made beer at New Holland with the guys from Three Aces. We all drove up there and made beer. That was the only time. And I'll tell you what, I drank three beers and two shots, and I was hammered. I bet you were. I was annihilated. I was that guy walking in the middle of the street like, what's the sofa? You, you were a tea boxer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is terrible. <laughs> that wasn't that one. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> But yeah, so it was, you know, and that was for me, 
the the dedication I had to this to this crazy idea that I really fully believed in, you know. And um, I, I tell people like I was out till like there was nights where I was out till five in the morning because you're you're making these connections, you're hanging out with these guys, yeah. and they have to gain your trust. And you know, I'm like, hey, we should do an event together, and it's like, yeah, man, totally. And like you stick with them, and you're completely sober, jacked up on Coca Cola or like ginger ale, and then the next day you call them at ten in the morning, you're like, hey, dude, great talking to you, like. When do you want? To, when do you want to do this event? And they're kind of like, I don't know. Uh, how about in three weeks? Cool, let's do it. You know, like that's fantastic. You go for the close when they're just, the heads are foggy and they're yeah. trying to piece together details from the previous night. But I've made a lot of really great friends that way. <laughs> it started off with me just it's be, it's you know about that? being hungry. Thank you. You're you're, you're you're calling it quits? I'm done. I ate that big hot dog by myself. I know. I'm gonna have another fry though. Those fries. Oh, are dude, so you good. didn't even. It's like you didn't even try. I didn't eat the fries. The fries are just filler for for me on the on a second sandwich. It's like you don't even care about this burger. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've always been a hustler, and for Mambique, that's what it took, you know. Uh, and it, it's funny now working for a company where we have a really great um, budget. You know, we can do what we want to do. We're, with Mambique, everything that we were doing was on a complete. If we even had a budget, a shoestring budget. You know, like you have to hustle and find ways to to get things done. You have to find someone that knows how to do this that that's gonna be free or like it really cheap. And you're piecing these events together, and um, I mean, it, it it takes a toll on you a bit, you know. But what what are the results? You know, two books. I've made some really great friends through Mambique. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting in the car with you. Yeah, I mean, that's you how know? I met you. So it's uh, at the end of the day, it's been so worth it, and I would not trade anything. For that experience what do we have to do to get a man bq concert series going wow i mean just some good think sponsors. about that good sponsors that's it think about that <laughs> live music event you know i i've i've always wanted to we're in a city that lives in and breathes street festivals right mm-hmm. so my thing was i always wanted to do a meat beer rock and roll festival sure but it's like we're you look at the calendar, and really, it's like, where is there room in that yeah. calendar? What intersection isn't spoken for in yeah. the summer? And really, I mean, what it comes down to, it's, it's that. It's just, you can get the sponsors. You know, we can get the food, the beer, and, and the bands, but it's like, you're competing against some other street festival every weekend. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've always, always wanted to do a Mambique festival. I mean, it's been, we've talked about this for, for years, but it, it's almost one of those things where we'd be better served finding another city, like maybe where one of our other chapters resides. Or doing something indoors during the cold weather. True. You know, we do this festival with uh, Empty Bottle called uh, Frozen, what is it? Frozen, something, something Frozen Dancing. Okay. And it's a festival in the middle of winter outside with bands. It's the funniest thing. By the way, I tried to flip the switch. I, I, I can no longer reach the switch. We're just going to be here until until tomorrow. I, I do, the, the tray is impeding I my I can run ex- out and flip it. Or oh, I've got a bad feeling about this, Jesse. Okay, no, no. All right. See? Who's a genius? I am so bloated and full right now, I thought my seatbelt was on. <laughs> nope, that's just my own stomach restraining me. Oh, God. All right. 
a little embarrassed by that. That was very fun to watch. <laughs> Not proud. I should have been filming this. I should have Snapchat like, this. I felt like a Tyrannosaurus trying to move my little hands around my belly to get that switch pulled. Uh, so you have fun? This was great having this you This amazing. Super long awesome. overdue. Yeah, I know. What the heck? Uh, usually I invite you into a radio studio, but this is kind of like a radio studio. This is funner than... It kind of is. Yeah. This, this walking into this microphone door was Austin's apparatus. See, I want this to be my man BQ. I want to find a way to make this make money off of this because this is super fun. Let me help you f- um, find some guests too. I, I'd love to. You know, I love sharing friends and mm-hmm. so many people that I, I know. I think would be great at this. I, at I'd love food. it. Yeah, this is awesome, man. I'm so glad you did this. I, you know, we'll, we'll do it again. One of my favorite people at one of my favorite places. This is a, a, a home run for me. And John Carruthers, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> How was that barbecue, John? <laughs> uh, so if you listen to the show and you like it, uh, please tell a friend. We're on Twitter, at CarconCarne, CarconCarne.com. Also, uh, you can support Carcon Carne through our Patreon page. And by our, I mean mine, but really the show's. Uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Carcon Carne. Jesse Valenciana, thank you so much. Thank you, sir.